again, I need to start opening episodes with a straight bong rip. Because who's going to tell me otherwise? Nobody. Welcome to episode 19 of the High Wrestling Podcast. Um, This is actually the first time I've recorded an episode right after Dynamite. So we can celebrate that milestone. Decided to record while everything was still fresh in my brain. Um, and it was a lot. It was a lot. Like, I feel like whatever happened this week made up for last week being very lackluster in terms of content. Like, I felt like last week's episode was boring because last week's episode of Dynamite was kind of boring, but this week they delivered and I came up with more ideas to talk about for this episode because, all right, so one thing I was thinking about was at some point in the existence of AEW, they're going to have to have a Hall of Fame. So I came up with a list of people who I feel would be solid contenders for that first class. Um, I also saw something on YouTube, actually, because you can do polls on YouTube. And this one YouTube channel... Um, I'm subscribed to, I believe is called Wrestle with Andy. Let me double check that. Let me double check that. Yeah, it's Wrestle with Andy. Um, they put out a poll that said, who is the greatest wrestling family of all time? And I thought I would go on to that tangent as well, because they said... Between the McMahons, the Hearts, the Anawaii, and the Rhodes family. Um, I'm going to answer that question as well, too. Um, I'm going to talk Helena Cell as well, because I didn't even know that was fucking happening until the day of. Um, and then I'm going to recap Dynamite and close it out like we do every week. Now, at least. Um, yeah. All right, so. Before I get into the wrestling of it all, I did take another rip of the bong. Two, I want to get into what I smoked today because I feel like for someone who is always high doing this podcast, I don't delve too much into what I'm smoking. Or at least I've, I've started to do it as of late, but there was like a point where I just didn't. diverge into what I was smoking simply because I forgot, obviously, because I'm fucking high 
every time I sit down and do this podcast. I'm not going to remember every fucking thing. Um, but what I took a bong rip of, what I started my day with, and what I took a bong rip of, rip of at the beginning of this podcast, and what I finished the last of what was on my rolling tray, was Lemon Sherry Gelato from the brand Reviewer. Um, also, if you don't know by now, I live in California, and I'm over 21, so doing this is legal for me, I guess? I don't fucking know. Um, not well-versed in the laws of weed and the internet in terms of recording. But nobody stopped me thus far, so to each their own. Um, but yeah, I smoked that, a lot of that. Um, I also simply just remembered that I took f- fucking 20 milligrams of an edible before I did this. So that'll probably kick in at some point during this episode. That'll be fun. Um... I did take a dab of some trap gas right when I got home. As soon as I got home, sat down, turned on dynamite, changed. Yeah. So, everything is still fresh in my mind, like I said earlier. Um, I also have some Cush Mountains here. Because there are no limits to how high I can get at this point. I've been smoking every day since 2015. And I think the only time that I've ever had a tolerance break was when I was out of weed. So, I can get pretty high. Um, But let's get into the reason why you're really here, which is for me to talk about wrestling, and I have to start with the fucking elephant in the room, which is CM Punk's injury, I am, I literally do not speak to me right now, I just, I'm still processing this, because it sucks, it sucks, You all know how I feel about CM Punk, so obviously him getting injured fucking sucks. But, as of this recording, as of me sitting here recording this, he had surgery today. So, I'm hoping that he makes a speedy recovery, because I absolutely want to see how the finals of Forbidden Door are gonna go to see who is gonna face Punk for the title. Like, that's... That's... I don't want to say that's the main reason I want to see him, like, have a speedy recovery. That's one of the reasons. But also, like, getting injured and having to get surgery sucks in general. Healthcare sucks in general. So... 
a speedy recovery just in general between healthcare sucking surgery and injury sucking and anticipating who he's going to fight in his return it's a lot to process and it sucks because it seems like everybody is fucking injured right now it really seems like everybody is fucking injured and like cause we've got hold on I, something else popped up I have to type a note but yeah everybody's fucking injured so like CM Punk Cody Rhodes Anthony Bowens Jeff Hardy like when they announced that fucking ladder match I was I I I have mixed feelings about the ladder match next week on Dynamite, and I'll get to that later, but, oh my god, this, it's like injury season all of a sudden, it's like, it was like a wave of injuries all at once, that's fucking crazy, but, you know, it can't be a summer of punk without him winning the title and you you know disappearing for a hot second am i right i didn't get my sound effect ready in time so i played the cricket noise in my head because there's nobody here to laugh I had planned a badumtis, but I didn't think about it until that moment. Until that moment, so skip that. <clears throat> um, but anyways, Cena is coming back, and that might entice me enough to watch WWE. But I'm gonna keep my expectations very fucking low in terms of Cena's return like I, I it's John Cena I can't not watch John Cena's return to WWE but Twitter user AEW out of context brought up a solid fucking point Where is it? So, Roman Reigns is no longer scheduled for Money in the Bank. And the person who runs that account quote tweeted it and said, People really going to complain that Punk is still technically champion, even though he's hurt, when... Roman Reigns is pretty much no showing money in the bank and he's a double champion. The irony that there are fucking crickets outside that I can hear that are perfectly timed. I'm pissed right now. Oh my god. But yeah... The slander I give them. You know what? No. 
I can't watch Cena's return because everything I I would just go back on everything I said during the Sasha Naomi rant. So I can't go back on my word like that. I'll probably watch clips on Twitter. That's probably as far as I'll go is watch clips on Twitter because I bet you the day it'll happen, the day, not the day it'll happen, the day it happens, there'll be 15 tweets in a row about whatever promo he's going to cut. So, technically, I don't have to watch the actual episode because it'll be all over Twitter. It all works itself out. Patience. Um, and also, anyone who watched Stranger Things, I completely... Sometimes I forget that Jungle Boy's theme song is like an actual song from the 80s because I was binging Stranger Things for, and I heard it. And obviously, you know where my mind went. Just like every time I hear, where is my mind at work? You know where it goes, obviously. So. On a unrelated note, though, to wrestling. um, I think season four is the best season thus far like when I tell you in terms of storytelling and connecting things back to season one solid fucking story but in terms of seasons season one was iconic because it was a show that came out of absolutely fucking nowhere season two absolutely fucking sucked pretty sure they heard the reception to that was like okay bet gave us season 3 which was solid and they just upped the bar in season 4 so it's like damn you know and it's crazy cuz this is that this is a rare show where i have literally been watching since the beginning and it's like the first time in my life that i'm genuinely feeling let alone f- feeling unprepared for how it's all going to end so Yeah, that's a lot to process. We'll we'll circle back to that when part two drops. We'll unpack that when part two drops. Um. Uh, <clears throat> before I get into the debate of who the greatest wrestling family is, I just want to address the other other elephant in the room, which is Cody's fucking injury. Oh my god, he looked brutalized. Like, I, I I personally have never seen a torn pectoral muscle until 
Cody Rhodes. But I didn't think it could get that bad. I'd never seen an injury that gruesome before. Like, I like I, I grew up on Jackass. I've I've never seen anything worse than that fucking injury. Like even today how it just like it like how it went to his down his fucking arm. It started as like a small fucking bruise and just went down to his fucking arm. That is that's fucking terif that is a terrifying injury. I don't think I would wish that upon my worst enemy. Like, I, for one, have never hurt. Well, I have to be careful about how I phrase this. I have been lucky and blessed and grateful to never have an injury... Like, the worst injury I personally have had is spraining my ankle. Knock on wood. That it I never experienced an injury greater than that. Like, I, I, I feel like I'm part of the small population that has never broken a bone. Never torn a muscle. I did... I mean, I do have scoliosis. So, I mean, I feel like that kind of balances out everything. Not literally, because my spine is fucked up. So, technically, I'm not balanced out. But, I get, my hip hurts all the fucking time. So, I guess that compensates for never having a major in injury. Because I'm in pain all the fucking time. So yeah, um, but yeah, the results of Hell in a Cell, I genuinely didn't know until my friend reminded me, like the day of, we were both like, oh shit, it's today. Where's the Wikipedia page? Cause that just gives me the cliff notes. Okay, there are two things that piss me off about Hell in a Cell. One, why did they move it from October to June? That just takes away from the spooky aspect of Hell in a Cell. Like, that's what made Hell in a Cell Hell in a Cell, was that it happened every October, and it made it very spooky. But now they put it in the summer, and it ruins everything. And the second thing that I hate is that I had to see that god-awful match with The Fiend and Seth Rollins in that horrible red light that will haunt me forever. I had a great time, either way, but that will haunt me forever. But in terms of storylines in WWE right now, I'm very intrigued with the Ezekiel and Elias storyline because I just, I feel like there's going to be a big reveal 
and I'm curious to what that big reveal is going to be. And then the Judgment Day storyline that's going on, like I heard Finn Balor was actually brought out of catering for once to be put in Judgment Day, and they all turned on Edge. So, that's intriguing, considering how dirty they've done him since he lost the Universal Championship. Like, who has his voodoo doll? Who has his voodoo doll? Vince? Possibly. This looks like a short pay-per-view based off of the card. There's only like seven matches. I would have loved to have seen Bianca, Asuka, and Becky fight because it's my last silver lining for that company at this point. Um, Bobby Lashley, good for him. I'm never going to unsee when somebody said he looked like that really buff fish from Spongebob. So, that's also fun. Good for him. I'm glad he won. Kevin Owens, I... <sighs> of all the people that I wish would just jump ship to AEW, like, I un... Like, I can respect that he probably renewed his contract for his family. That I can respect, because you gotta do what you gotta do for your family to make a living. But in terms of, like, how he could have creative freedom with this character, I would love to see him in AEW, just character-wise. And even just, I would love to see him... Like, to see Kevin Owens involved in the anarchy in the arena match probably would have made it, like, ten times better. But I understand why he probably renewed his contract for however long that he did. I don't really pay attention to that stuff. So the Judgment Day winning is prob is what led to Finn joining, I guess. It seemed like the best match of the night was Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. And I really wish like the the two matches I honestly wish that I could have watched. I can if I pay for Peacock, but I don't want to. Um, the two matches I probably would have loved to see was were probably Bianca, Asuka, and Becky, and then Cody and Seth. Because for Cody to have that gruesome of an injury and then go on to win the match, he fought for almost 25 minutes with an injury that bad. Because at first when it came out, I was like, why the fuck did they let him wrestle like that? Much like everybody else, obviously. Um, but 
but yeah, it makes sense that they let him wrestle with a full tear because he, yeah, that that makes it just makes a lot more sense that they let him wrestle with the full tear because he definitely would have fucked it up more had it been partial. But God, I had never seen an injury to that extent before. It was crazy fucking injury. Like, I'm, okay, so, I've been like this my whole life, but, like, bruises and scabs have always been interesting to me. Call me gross. I don't care. But, just, for me, what is fascinating about bruises is how they fucking grow. Like, that, that is what's more fascinating to me. How they fucking grow. Like, you, like, like I said, how Cody's injury literally went from, like, that, that small to, like, down his arm. That's what fascinates me about bruises. Because it's like, oh my god. <clears throat> and it's like, the scabs. How do, how do they harden onto the skin like that? You know, that that stuff always fascinates me when it grosses other people out. I don't get it. I don't get it. But, um, yeah, so it looks like that was Hell in a Cell. It seemed really short. If I did this podcast, like, visually, I would actually do the math to see how long it was. <coughs> I would add up all these numbers. But I don't think my math would be right. Alright, so. Now I want to answer that question that Wrestle with Andy posed on their YouTube channel. Of who is the greatest wrestling family. And... Instinctively, I just have to say the Hart family. Like, I have two different answers for two different reasons. Just in terms of In terms of legacy, I would for sure say the hearts, and I would also say legacy for the NOIE family, but I would also bring in the aspect of culture to the NOIE family, because there was like a... um, I don't remember what pay-per-view it was, but it was like when they showed the documentaries right after the pay-per-views. And I think it was on Yokozuna. And they had interviewed the NOIE family and explained the Samoan dynasty. Just like Samoan culture as a whole has always like 
fascinated me and it's always been a culture that I've respected and that's part of why I would say the NOIE family is is one of the greatest so two favorites for two different reasons I mean don't get me wrong the the McMahon family shaped sports entertainment into what it is today and the Rhodes family brought what they did to wrestling Uh, yeah, I feel like in different aspects, each family is great, but I would say that the Hart family would be the greatest, in my opinion. Because you got legacy in terms of championships and accomplishments. I would say in terms of championships and accomplishments, you have the Hart family. Culture and championships and accomplishments, you have the NOIE family. You just have wrestling as an art when it comes to the Rhodes family. And then you have wrestling as sports entertainment when it comes to the McMahon family. So each respective category, they are great. But my personal answer is my final answer for 300 out. Is the Hart family. Alright, so I'm going to save my picks for the AEW Hall of Fame for the end of the episode because I just want to talk about the episode while it's still fresh. So, yeah. So, again... I immediately, first thing I did when I got home was turned on Dynamite. Like, I don't get home in time to watch it, like, at 8 o'clock on the dot. So I just, it's like, it had, by the time I get home, it may have been 5 or 10 minutes into the episode. So I just started from the beginning when I get home. And, yeah, I, I, really enjoyed this episode because I feel like when they fall flat one week they happen to deliver the next week so I feel like they absolutely delivered just like I feel as if the fucking edible has started to kick in I told you at some point it was going to hit If I know anything, and I don't know a lot, because I'm not the brightest bulb in the box sometimes. I'm smart, but I'm not bright. But one thing I do know, that edible will fucking hit at some point. But um, it was very nice to see Wheeler Yuta. I... Literally, last week, I had just noticed he had been gone. And right when I'm asking myself, where has Wheeler Yuta been? He shows up as a part of the Battle Royal to face John Moxley. 
And so, hold on. There were too many people in that match. I didn't even get a chance to f- to pick who I wanted to win that. There were way too many people. They started with so many fucking people. Oh my god. So many people. If there's one thing that I don't like, it's a lot of people. It's not that I don't like people. It's just I don't like a lot of them. Both a a handful of people I don't like. And just a lot of people in terms of crowds and gatherings. So, um... Alright, there were a lot of people in that match. I found the list. Now, this is where I would pitch my dream matches for both John Moxley and CM Punk. As much as I would love to see John Moxley versus CM Punk for the AEW title when Punk returns, we're going to go through this list and see who I would want to face either of them. Not one by one, because I feel like that would take four fucking ever. And I don't have a lot of opinions about everybody on this list. But one opinion I do have is that they couldn't have not let Max Caster rap for one night. Like, it, it, in the middle of a battle royal, you think that is the time to do that like in any other Wednesday it's okay for him to do to do that but like in the middle of a battle royal the timing is the timing is not so great I feel like we're focused on other things in this moment there there are too many things going on in a battle royal for us to focus on rapping And I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just like... <clears throat> Hold on, I'm choking. I don't mean that in a negative way in the terms of he sucks because he does come up with like some clever lines, but like they could have just sent him to the ring and just let him fight is what I'm trying to say. Like, any other Wednesday it would have been fine. But... In in terms of a battle royal, just go to the ring and fight. We don't have time for this this week. Um, I feel like everybody in the in these matches ha- has fought both Punk and Moxley at some point. I mean, I would love to see Wheeler Yuta versus Punk. Since we already got Wheeler Yuta versus Mox. I would love to see... Takeshita versus Moxley. If it hasn't already happened yet. I feel like it it happened. And I'm just... And I'm just really fucking high. Hold on. 
Okay, so it hasn't happened yet, according to Google. So, I would love to see Takeshita versus Moxley. Not gonna lie, I wouldn't want to see Ricky Starks versus CM Punk. I want to see Ricky Starks versus CM Punk. Shit, pardon the yawn. It is 11.30 my time as well, too, so... I think that's about it in terms of dream matches for the two champions. So, yeah. Pac versus Buddy Matthews. Um, they are literally the same shape. They are literally the same shape. That's fucking crazy. How do you even get abs like that? How, how the fuck do you do that? How is this possible? How the fuck do you do that to your stomach to make it look like that? Wrestlers are like, weird. But it was a good match, nonetheless. I, 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 I'm trying to gather my thoughts about the match because there was a lot going on. Um, for one, I have to go back to the battle royal because my pick to win. Which I never fucking mentioned. Probably just would have been Ricky Starks in terms of bias, but I'm kind of glad that Kyle O'Reilly won. Also, Swerve eliminating Keith after we got the tall Swerve in our glory? Like, let's not make that short-lived, please. Let's not make that short-lived. We'll not be happy. Yeah, but in terms of Buddy Matthews and Pac, um... I wanted Pac to win anyway, so he did win. Also, the new title, the All-Atlantic title, very, very intrigued. I also like the design. I don't know if I'm alone in that, but I really like the design of it. I'm a fan. Um, I'll go over the bracket closer to the end of the episode, because I just want to get through the, the episode before I go off on different tangents. 
One tangent at a time. Please. Oh, shit. Eddie Kingston's promo after that match, too, was... He's always... I don't think Eddie Kingston realizes how funny he is without fucking trying. Because what did the cameraman or the backstage dude have to do with any of this? What did what did he have to do with any of this? He was just trying to work, get through work, a good night of work. And it's just like, he's so serious in what he means. And what he says. But it's just, he is one of, I, he's, he's great. He's great. He's great on the mic. He honestly could use some improvements in the ring, but I don't care because that man is always ready to fight. And that's what I love to see when I watch wrestling. Like, are you here to fight or what? Like, what, like, what is, what is the gospel that Wow said in that episode of Jersey Shore? You can stay or get your ass, you can stay and get your ass beat, you can stay and get your ass beat, or you can stay and get your fucking ass beat. Like, that's the energy I fucking live for when I watch wrestling. So, when Eddie Kingston said, says, it's on site, then God damn it, it's on site. Also, it really upset me when Trent said it was National Best Friends Day and his best friends weren't there. I literally gasped. Like, the audible gasp that left my mouth. That was so sad. That was so upsetting. And then, like, seeing Will Os- Osprey, Osprey, um, was nice to finally match a face to a name because I've only seen the man through gifts. So it was like finally matching a face to a name in a way. It's like, oh, you exist outside of the gifts. Interesting. But yeah, I would love to see FTR versus Rapongi Vice down the line again. Because I feel like they can put on another classic match. And I would also just love to see Rapongi Vice hold the ROH tag titles. I feel like it's time. Like, I love FTR, but I, I really... Like, at least until CM Punk comes back... Please let Rapongi Vice hold the belts. At least until CM Punk comes back. Because I want to see what we're missing out on with CM Punk and the FTR Alliance. I want to see what, what the fuck we're missing out on here. 
Also, the fact that I, um, skipped over the Hangman match in general. Yeah, the fact that I didn't even address the fact that Hangman Page had a match, that should tell you. That should tell you. Also, what I was going to say was that I'm very excited for Forbidden Door, if anything. I think I said that last week, but I'm still fucking excited for Forbidden Door. Um, I'm also... I'm glad that they tied up Wardlow's storyline with MJF. But the blatant shot-for-shot remake of Goldberg starring Wardlow, not really a fan of it. Because if you're finally going to branch him off from MJF for as long as the company's been around... Why would you pretty much repackage him as a Hall of Famer from the other company? That, I don't understand, but I also don't run a billion dollar wrestling company either. I just get high and criticize it, but that's just me. Um, in that women's championship match, um is exactly the point I was trying to make when I said that the transition from, like, MMA to wrestling probably isn't easy because that match was kind of painful to watch because it's, like, it seems like they have two different styles of wrestling that didn't really mesh well. And it seemed like a match that was thrown together at the last minute because Tony Khan probably got annoyed of asking everybody where the fuck is Thunder Rosa because we've only seen her for 20 minutes since she won the title. I didn't even realize I was holding a breath for that long. That exhale was very dramatic. Um, But yeah, um... That match was not the best, but it seems like Thunder Rosa needs a real challenger, if that makes sense. Like, who would even be a real challenger for Thunder Rosa who isn't Britt Baker? You know? Maybe Tony Storm, because I like what they... I like how they're setting up that angle. Maybe they just threw the Marina and Thunder Rosa match together to set up Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa. But I also really hope they just don't hand the title to Tony and give Thunder Rosa a short ass reign. I would be very disappointed. But Wardlow versus Scorpio Sky for the TNT title, that's definitely what I want to see. Because Wardlow has to be a future champion at some point. 
Hell, I wouldn't even watch Wardlow go after the FTW title. Because... I gotta be a woman for a second. Wardlow and Ricky Starks are two of the finest men on that AEW roster. The only two. If you put them in the ring together, you're paying for my hospital bill. Not literally, because I'm not that fucking dramatic and thirsty, but... You can't fucking lie. They're two, they're two of the finest men on the roster. Look at me and tell me that I'm wrong. Quickly. But either way, that would be a match I would want to see. Like, attractiveness or not, I would want to see that match. And then, John Moxley versus Kyle O'Reilly. That silence was so dramatic for no reason. I was going to say it was a good-ass match. Um, there was like... I'm trying to visualize it exactly, but there was like a specific move Kyle O'Reilly did. Like, John Moxley was about to pick him up or he caught him in midair or something. And then Kyle had caught him in a submission. Like, Kyle and Samoa Joe are, like, probably two of the best submission masters on the roster. Hands now. But I would love to see Moxley versus Tanahashi in the final of the interim world championship match and then I would like to see Moxie versus Punk cuz I feel like that's wh- I feel like that's where it's headed anyway and I feel like we're at the point where AEW has been around long enough to where Tony Khan is starting to pick favorites If he hasn't already been doing so, it it seems like he's at a point where he's just starting to pick favorites. Am I still going to tune in every week because it's not for kids? Absolutely. I mean, realistically, if I was a mother, I would let my children watch AEW. Because this is my logic. One, if I tell, like, if AEW's going to be around that long, let's be real. Let's just use wrestling in general. I would let my kids watch wrestling because if I told them no, they would find a way to do it anyway. Plus... They walked in on me watching wrestling, and I told them not to do it. 
I would look like Boo Boo the Fool. So who am I to not let my kids watch wrestling? If it's something that brings me joy. I mean, I do watch wrestling with my kids. If you count my cat, he watches wrestling with me. I'll stare at the TV for like a good two minutes and then walk away. That counts. So... Alright, so, in terms of the tournament for the All-Atlantic belt, I I really want to call it the All-American belt for some reason. In terms of the All... In the All-Atlantic Championship, I really want to see Malachi Black and Miro in the finals, at least so far for what we see, because um, we obviously don't know who from NJPW, we don't obviously don't know who, who from New Japan is in the bracket yet, but... I want to see Miro and Malachi Black in the finals, and I want to see Malachi Black bring the All-Atlantic Championship to the House of Black. Because they deserve some sort of gold, especially for the storyline and the long-form storytelling they've been giving us. Please. Please. But yeah, Forbidden Door. Yeah, I feel like it's too early to tell what my Forbidden Door predictions would be, so we'll wait till we're closer to the day to see um, what my opinions are on that. But with that being said, and the fact that it's damn near midnight, I'm going to call it an episode. Thank you for sticking with me in this fucking nonsense of a podcast. I'm gonna go eat a Pop-Tart now. And be content with my life. So, before I actually go, I was literally seconds away from publishing the episode and I remembered that I never discussed who I expected to be in the AEW Hall of Fame when the time comes. And... I feel like the answer is obvious. Everybody who started the fucking company, Kenny Omega, Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, Mox, of course, 
have the list right in front of my face. Why am I trying to remember off the top of my head? Um, MJF, Hangman, of course. You know, I have my reservations about him, but he's definitely going into the Hall of Fame. I will start a riot if Ricky Starks isn't in the AEW Hall of Fame. Kingston, Thunder Rosa, Jade Cargill, Britt Baker, of course. You can't not put Britt Baker in the AEW Hall of Fame. Chris Statlander, you know my biases. If I said Kingston already, I second it. And even Jericho, Chris Jericho. Yeah. But now, officially, that is my cue. I literally felt bad closing out the episode, and I forgot. Because I was about to type AEW Hall of Fame in the title, in the description. And there was no mention of the AEW Hall of Fame. So, yeah. Eventually, at some point, we're definitely getting an AEW Hall of Fame. It's inevitable. So, there you go. Now I'm going to go enjoy that Pop-Tart. You guys have a good night.